What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 253 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Deitch. Matt, what is going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, you know, enjoying our last few days of ice fishing, I guess. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the <laughs> truth? Uh, pretty wild thinking uh, that as of right now, we're, uh, we're five days into February, and uh, we've only really been ice fishing for, for a few weeks. You know, I, I don't know, three, three four weeks up here uh, in, in northwest Iowa. And uh, we're looking at the end of it already. Pretty wild, uh, pretty wild ice season. Um, pretty disappointing. You know, I, I know guys like you and, and you know, the Rich Lindgrens and, and whatever, you know, always kind of, uh, you know, not not necessarily dog on the ice fishing, but kind of always, you know, can't wait for, for open, open water, water fishing. Right. But but I think even you this year, it's like, oh, yeah. all right, well, this is a little out of hand. It is. Like I've told you in, in the years past and everything like that is like I've slowly gotten into ice fishing yep. more and more yep. each winter. And yep. it's just like all of a sudden this happens and it's just, it feels like you're robbed of something a little bit. Is no doubt what about it. it. Is. I mean, because yeah, we, we had a late, you know, ice on. And now it's going to be an early ice off. So yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when it, when it gets to be October, no matter what, it's like all right, you know, there's no fighting it anymore. Like, you know, yeah, like it's, hurry it's, up! It's, it's about that time. Get us some hard water so we can get out there and keep fishing. But right, and uh, it just feels like we're going to be in limbo, like for a lot for a couple months here on both ends that that's what i'm really afraid of here is is uh the ice is going to deteriorate enough that you can't really go out there and ice fish and we're never going to get uh i i think we're going to get to those temperatures where we're just in between where we're we're not going to completely lose the the little bit of crappy ice we have but we're not going to gain any ice back by it getting cold neither and and uh, it's just going to be that that in between in between crap ice yeah it is that's what i got a feeling it's gonna be yep so uh um this week's episode uh, episode 253 is brought to you by dakota angler up in sioux falls south dakota um a couple of the deals that they've got this week um they've got the markham king uh hold on i believe it's the markham king 18 amp uh lithium battery and a charger uh normally 155 now 115 uh, if you're looking to power some of those electronics uh that's a smoking hot deal and uh, uh at an 18 amp hour uh with the lithium super lightweight uh you've got a lot of time you can go on a whole if, if you're just part charging a regular vexel or a regular flasher i mean at, at an 18 amp hour uh bring it along on a weekend trip and never charge it the whole entire time don't even think about it uh plenty of power there and uh josh also said um if you're wanting some ice stuff don't wait long the store will slowly be switching over starting this week and uh you know i i know that that's always you know probably getting to be this time of year you know they they start kind of tapping their brakes and uh uh, on the ice stuff and realizing that they got to start switching over to some of that open water stuff. But, uh, you know, that's kind of sad in itself. And, you know, I, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, before the ice had really developed that, uh, you know, you really got to get in and support some of these bait shops. Well, now that the ice is coming off early, I'm going to say it once again, <laughs> you got to go in and support some of these bait shops. Cause 
man you you can't uh you can't keep a bait shop open by selling one month's worth of uh of uh ice tackle you you just you just can't do it so um you know tackle doesn't go bad in your box don't be afraid to go out buy some you know keep it for next year i'm sure that there's going to be a lot of stuff on sale um i've been seeing a lot of stuff on facebook from all sorts of places you know the shacks are on sale the the float suits are on sale um, a lot of the big ticket items are, are, you know, heavily discounted, um, and none of them go bad. Get, get yourself some of that now and, uh, uh, be ready for next ice season. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Like we've talked about before, you know, maybe now's the time of year to try a different thing than what you've ever, yep. you like wanted to, like we always, we're used to using like the short ice fishing rods. And we're always kind of like, oh, we need to get a longer ice fishing rod. Well, here's an opportunity to go get one of those at a, you know, a smoking price Yep. out of one of these shops and uh, give it a try. Like if you do have some ice, I mean, obviously up north, you're going to be still fishing a little bit longer than us down here, but uh, why not give it a try right now? Yep. And you know, that's, you know, we, we've had a couple machines here at Northwest Iowa, you know, up at the Iowa Great Lakes go through uh, over the weekend. Um, sounds like both of them were... We're kind of, uh, I don't want to say user error, but, uh, you know, maybe some, some mistakes made, uh, uh, I believe one of them with the fog, they didn't exactly realize where they were and ended up driving, uh, into the canal up there yep. at the lazy lagoon on dry Boji. Um, the other one, uh, just, just got into a spot that they, you know, I, I believe it was one of those deals like go to the right of the water. Well, there was two two water pockets yeah, and, and because, uh, you know because the land like this is this is the time of year that you really got to be paying attention and uh prepare for when you're coming off the ice not when you're going onto the ice I yep. mean, when you're going on in the morning it might have got like last night for example it got down to like 25 so like the edges and i think ryan hale kind of posted on there that said some the you know the shorelines and the edges kind of hardened back up and the landings so it was all right going out but like that's going to happen guys you're going to be all right going out but think about coming back in i mean we've had it before yep. too where all of a sudden it's like you go out and you come back in and there's been a lot of traffic on that landing now it's like oh man we're gonna have to float our sleds back across this even if it is like six inches of water or something like that it's it's gonna change with, with these warmer temps especially this week i'm God, I feel like it was with you, but there was one time coming off of the Ritz where we took boots off. Yeah. Was that was that you and I? Yeah, or, I think yeah? so. Boots off and, and kind of got up to our knees uh, right. getting Rolled back up in. The... Yep. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, like you say, you know, start thinking about coming back off. And, you know, maybe fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe this ice is good enough to hold on, you know, for this week. It does look towards the end of the week that, uh, you know, we're going to get down to to more not completely uh um ice killing weather right. um so so maybe you know foot traffic will still be good you know five ten days from now i i'm crossing my fingers that uh that that is possible but uh um yeah we're we're just gonna have to wait and see i i hope i hope all is not gone but i, I really hope so too you know hopefully we can if anything get a little fishing in march but i mean i can remember a few like a few years ago we're like oh mid to late march people were out in boats yep. over here so i believe that 
I believe that uh, makes me thankful for Hooked on Hard Water. Yeah, that's, there's you know, no doubt least, about that's, that. That's the one glimmer of hope. At least we've got the Black Hills at the end of the month to uh, to get out there. And uh, that, that's one other thing that I wanted to talk about uh, um, before we dive into today's episode. Um, you know, a lot of people talk to us, you know, about Hooked on Hard Water and, you know, want to know ways that they can help. And, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of different ways to help, but Craig's got a team of people out there, you know, between him and his friends and his family. And then along with the club for boys, um, you know, they, they've got a lot of, uh, the jobs covered, uh, I guess probably not a lot of them, all of them covered, um, you know, uh, you, you hate to always ask for money, but you know, at the end of the day, hooked on hard water is a, um, is a fundraiser that that's yep. what it is. And, uh, I know right now on the hooked on hard water page, um, there's a, there's a post with a link, uh, that you can sponsor a boy. Uh, it's $100. Uh, you put that towards it. And with that $100, they make sure that, uh, every single boy, uh, has the clothes, um, to get out there. Uh, you know, it, it's wild saying it, but out there in rapid city, um, you know, some of these boys do not have winter jackets. They do not have winter boots. They do not have snow pants, gloves, hats, and, and everything, you know, to be outdoors, even in a place like Rapid City. And uh, so with that $100, um, the Club for Boys does a spectacular job at uh, having all of that stuff on hand, um, you know, that, that these boys can use. And uh, when they're done with it, they can they can turn it back in. You know, not just that day, but for the whole entire season, yeah. uh, turn it back in. And and uh, you know, it's just kind of a revolving uh, closet there for you know the next boy that's that size. And um, you know, so that's one hundred dollars that's well spent. Um, I think Matt and I had talked about uh, making a post here. You know, in the next couple days, um, you know, talking about that. Um, you know. And uh, we'll, we'll also throw that out there that uh, if you feel so moved, uh, you can click on that link and donate $100 and sponsor a boy. But uh, um, honestly, that would be your best bet uh, if you truly want to help out the Hooked on Hardwater uh, program. Um, that that would be it. Definitely. I yep. mean, it's, it's such a great cause. And it is seeing these kids out there that uh, need this stuff. I To hear the stories about when they first started and some of these kids showing up in, like, tennis shoes out there yep, on the yep. ice and, you know, like spring-type jackets, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think that how well equipped those kids get. And they, like, and they really, truly appreciate having that stuff. So No doubt about that. Yep. Like Scott said, we get asked a lot how, how they can help or they'd love to be a part of this program and stuff like that. It's the easiest way. And probably the most beneficial way to be a part of it. Yep. And uh, don't don't overlook. <laughs> you know, if uh, if you're looking for a weekend away, um, you know the, that's how I got involved with Hooked on Hardwater from the very start. I uh, uh, I, I followed it on Facebook, um, and uh, I told my wife, "Hey, end of February here, you and I are going out to the Black Hills." We drove out there. We got a hotel room. Uh, we drove around Custer State Park. We, you know, did whatever, but we went to the banquet that night and, and I saw it firsthand and, and I heard the stories and I was like, oh my dear God, I've got to be a part of this. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's how my whole entire hooked on hard water experience started. And, uh, I've been lucky enough to, to, to move into a pro and this year, my brother's even going to be a pro. And, and, you know, obviously I've got friends here that are, that are pros and, um, you know, it's, uh, it, 
you know, just, just obviously become a very important, uh, part of, of every winter, um, for me. And so, yeah, whatever. Uh, like, like I said, Matt and I will probably put a post out there. Um, if you don't see the post, if you, uh, if, if you've got more questions, reach out to Matt or I reach out to the page, reach out to Craig Euler, reach out to the club for boys. Uh, um, you know, a lot, lot of places that you can reach out if you need more information or if you want to, um, figure out, uh, you know, how to donate, uh, how to help, whatever. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. So, uh, this week, one other thing before we dive into the episode, uh, I know we mentioned it last week, but Bassmaster Fantasy, um, Matt has the, uh, has the group, um, set up i believe that as of earlier 26 27 people in our group um go to www.bassmasterfantasy.com uh create an account um then after that hit the group tab and uh, when you hit groups uh, you can find midwest angler podcast click on that it'll ask for a pa- password dirt bags all in lowercase dirt bags with an s at the end and uh then you're in um and after that uh once you click on your name uh it'll ask you to set up buckets a b c d and e um you can see the own percentages of the different uh, Bassmaster elite series anglers in each bucket uh towards the end of the year uh, the best anglers will be in bucket A, the worst anglers will be in bucket E, and I don't want to say worst, but the guys who aren't having as much luck throughout the year. Um, and uh, so, yeah, throughout the year, the the, the people will change in the buckets. Um, then there also is a tiebreaker that you can throw weights. Uh, if you're kind of curious on who to pick, um, guys like Rich Lindgren, past guests, uh, Hella Bass, uh, look up Hella Bass on YouTube. Um, Rich always does uh, a bunch of picks. There's articles there on BassmasterFantasy.com uh, that you can look through. Rich Rich uh, writes a, a small column in there along with some other guys. Um, and and join our crew just so that you can beat Rich. Yeah, there's that's no literally the most important part. <laughs> or at least uh, flick flip him some grief. Yeah, that's what we like to do. We should change the name of ours from Midwest Angler Podcast to can't do Beat Hella Bass because that's his, yeah, but bash. like Bash Hella Bass. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. We'd be having so many people reach out to us and want to want to join our crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's just because he sends us all those Culver's snaps. Oh, that all dirty the time. dog. He is always doing that to me, and I right. don't like it. <laughs> I don't have a Culver's in my town, Rich. <laughs> all right uh yeah i think we're ready to dive into this week's interview um we've got rob heipel on uh rob is uh is one of the guys that uh took part in the james van Veltizen um rescue rescue uh two two weeks ago on episode 251 we had james van Veltizen on and uh james gave an absolutely incredible story of uh, falling through the ice on Westlake Okaboji, being underwater for minutes, um, being in the in the ice cold water for minutes after that, um, I believe in total seven eight minutes possibly in the water, 
and uh, um, Rob was one of the people that uh, was involved in uh, getting that rope out there to James, pulling him to safety, getting his clothes off, putting warm clothes back on him, dry clothes, warm dry clothes, of course. And, uh, um, you know, we, we just thought that it would be really interesting, um, you know, after hearing James's side of the story, um, you know, to hear somebody that was on the other end of that story. And yeah. uh, um, we talked to Thane Jensen, um, that's uh, Rob's nephew, and uh, um, Thane lined this up for us. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up to hear, uh, hear what Rob has to say about the whole situation. Yeah, it should be an interesting one, that is for sure. All right, then uh, let's cut over to him. And we're joined today by Rob Heipel. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Good deal. Good. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Rob. Um, we actually uh, uh, found you through uh, um, your nephew, Thane Jensen. Uh, he had reached out to us uh, after uh, we did the episode with James Van Veltizen talking about his uh, ice rescue. And uh, he gave me a call, and uh, I believe he complimented the show. And he said, did you know that one of those guys was, uh, was my uncle? And uh, pretty pretty small world. It is. So, um, Rob, you know, some of the things that uh, we want to talk to you about today is, is obviously that ice rescue, but uh, um, let's talk a little bit about you before we get into that story. Uh, um, where exactly are you from? Dockerton. It's uh, about 20 miles northeast of Waterloo. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and have you been fishing all your life? Uh, no. Um, my dad didn't fish much. My uncle is the one that got me into fishing mostly. Um, and then it just kind of carried on from, from my youth uh, and him, and, and I've been fishing ever since. Which is kind of crazy because I believe Thane said his dad didn't really fish, and, and you're the one that really got him into fishing. Well, that's the claim he makes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so he makes well, a lot of claims, but that's a good one. <laughs> well, just just start thinking now. I know you've got a story to tell, but uh, at, at the at the end of this uh, at at the end of this interview, you're going to have to tell your best Thane story. Uh, maybe, maybe, oh, no. yeah, yeah, you're going to have to do it. He 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 said it was all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so so. Do you do a lot of fishing now, Rob, or is it just something you do a little bit of ice fishing? Or uh, Oh, no. Actually, I have a pond in my backyard. Now you're talking. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, I've been fishing the last four or five days, and the, the ice is just getting a little sketchy around the edge. So yep. I think I think our season's about done. Yeah, yeah. it really is crazy to think that. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I do a lot of kayak fishing in the summer. Um, we do a lot of camping and, and take kayaks, so I do a lot of kayak fishing in the summer. Okay. Um, ice fishing, normally we get, um, we try to get several three to four day trips a year. This year it's only been two, but uh, um, we, we go down, we try to go down to three mile. And then the Okaboji trip has been a, so this group of guys that I was with, we all belong to the same gun club, okay. gun club. Yep. and that's kind of how that started. So the, the, um, Martin Luther King weekend is the weekend we historically went because that's when it, the, the unretired guys had an extra day. 
right. Yep. Yep. So we've been doing that for years. We always stayed in the, what is, I believe it's the Baptist Church Camp, yep, right yep. here on West Okaboji. Yep. Rent a couple cabins and have been running that lake for, oh, shoot, I'd say seven, eight years at least, maybe longer. And uh, so, yeah, it just kind of has evolved into the group kind of gets a little bit bigger as time goes by. You know, you guys are starting to bring their sons now. And, and it's a good time. It's a good time. It's not always about the fishing. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Sometimes that's just the bonus on it. Yep. 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 And now. So, uh, I guess if we want to just delve right into that part of it. Yeah, well, well, um, but before we get into that, uh, you you did have some rescue training before this, correct? Well, I was a firefighter, volunteer firefighter in Dunkerton for ten years. Okay. And I was a EMT for seven. Okay. So we had a, a little bit of of that type of training only because we're close to the Watsi River. Okay. All right. And so normally it was not so much fishermen as it would be snowmobilers going through the ice. Okay. But so, yeah, I would say I have minimal training. Yep. Um, but I've been on ice for 40 years. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and in your crew of five, were you the only one with that training or, or all five um, of you were, were uh, firefighters? Brent was also a Denver firefighter, and I believe he was still on at the time. We're both now retired. Okay. Um, but I believe he was still on the department when this happened. Okay. Okay. All right. So so then we can dive into that story. Um, take us back to that day. Um, uh, who, who were you with, and uh, how did that day start off for you? Well, there was... Um, this was probably, I don't remember the day of the week it was, but we'd probably been up there at least two days fishing prior. Um, so we had fished like Emerson Bay and all around the West, uh, West Okaboji. And then we ended up, um, heard about Triboji. So we went up there. And I think, think we fished that for a day, and the, the ice was, I mean, there was 14 inches of ice. Um, we had side-by-sides. It was, you know, our normal group, me, Brent Stock, Randy Minaway, um, Jamie Curley, um, uh, Darren Paulus. And Darren was the one that did not go with us to meet the guys at the restaurant. Yep. And I, and I don't know why, and it's, you know, it's a personal thing, I think, and it's none of my business, yep. so I don't press them about it. Yep. But um, we'd been there all day. There were pickups on the ice. There were, uh, you know, drop-down trailers, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, people walking, every car's trucks. I mean, there were just a ton of people on the ice. And we were fishing on... 14 inches of ice, good solid ice. And it was getting late in the day. It had been windy and chilly. So most of us had been in our tents most of the day. And then about, I'd say around four o'clock, the wind died. Well, we had several holes drilled. We were moving around and a couple of us decided to go out and just hole hop. 
And so we were out of our tents, and that would be me and Dara. Um, and we were sitting about five feet apart, you know, catching fish. And obviously, I'm focused on my Vexlar. And all of a sudden, Darren says, did you hear that? I think someone went through the ice. And I looked up when he said it, and this was like literally right straight in front of us. And in the short amount of time that we had, you could see that the the side by side was almost completely submerged already that quickly. So are are we talking like a hundred yards or fifty yards or three hundred uh, yards? I would say seventy five yards. Okay. Oh, okay. So pretty close. You know, enough to just obviously see what's going on yep oh yep. yeah was um, it now you said you heard it was it like a loud crack or was it a loud splash i, I personally did not okay hear it darren heard it but he, re, he his response was it was did you hear that i think someone went through the ice which immediately you know you're, you're gonna look up and look around well you, all you do is look up it was right there yep um, so we yelled at the other guys in the tent and I think we yelled, grab a rope and him and I immediately ran over there. Um, everybody else was shortly behind us. Now the, the sad part about it was <clears throat> we only had, when, when we grabbed and ran, we only had a, um, um, tow rope, 25 foot woven, you know, big heavy tow rope. Yep. And we had that in case somebody got stuck in snow or whatever. We just always carried one. Yep. And it was obviously desperately too short. And I believe Randy Minoway said, I have a rope in my tub. So he, t- somebody took off around it, went and got it. Well, there again, the problem was it was a, a quarter inch, hundred foot long, plenty long, quarter inch nylon rope. Well, if you've ever tried to throw a quarter inch nylon rope, they don't go very far. Yeah, not a lot of weight to it. Not a lot of weight to it. Yep. And so we finally figured out. Okay, so this, the tow rope is heavy. Tie them together. That weight will fling it out there. And this, and I just watched the video again, and it's. It never gets easier to watch. No, no matter that you know the outcome, it never gets easier to watch. Yep. Yeah, I bet. And uh, so at the at the beginning of the video is where we get Jim out first because uh, he was on the driver's side, and that's the side of the whole. You know what we what we could see, not knowing at all that James even existed. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So. Uh, we got him out fairly closely, and I think we got him out with just the tow rope because it, it was, you know, close enough that he could reach it. And I remember we we drug him out, and somebody had driven up to us on a four-wheeler, and they loaded him on that and took him to someone's ice castle that was heated, and they, they said, we have heat on, we have blankets We'll take him. And that was the last time I saw Jim that night. And then, uh, so now now we're focused on James because he said, I'm out, get, get my buddy. 
And we're like, huh? Right. <laughs> well, James was on the other side of the side by side. We couldn't see him from our perspective. And, uh, um, I know how much James has said how panicked he was. That goes to both sides. Oh, I'm well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Scott and I have talked about this before. Like, we talk about, like, going through and ice safety and stuff like that. But the majority of us could actually end up being on the rescuing side of it. And, uh, like, yeah, just trying to stay calm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there on the ice, like you said, and I'm sure a lot of people were wanting to pitch in and help. But at the same time, sometimes too many people shouting different things can kind of also be distracting. Um, that actually happened. We had a guy... Um, was not part of our group. He was fishing probably 30 or 40 yards away. Well, he heard all the ruckus, and he came running over there, and Brent kept yelling at him, you know, don't get any closer, don't get any closer, and that quick he was in the water. Oh, oh okay. I don't know that James even knows that. So that takes our focus off of James. Now we got to get this guy out of the water. Right. Which we were able to just reach down, you know, grab his arm and, and drag him up. And luckily he ran back to his chair <laughs> thinking, boy, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I have always been fortunate in my mind that I can think clearly in a panic situation. And I think Brent has that ability too. And I think that may be part of our training that you learn not only to think outside the box but to keep yourself calm in order to keep the situation calm right well and 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 you've been in you've been in some high high stress situations before and and you know not not necessarily maybe you personally but uh um you know you you've been in some situations where you could look death in the eyes and and uh um, you know, I, I, I think that there is something to that. It, it, it probably wasn't your first rescue being on a volunteer fire department. Uh, you know, I'm sure that you were at some pretty, uh, pretty tough accidents and, you know, some yeah. structure fires yeah. that, uh, you know, things got pretty Western and, and, uh, yeah. you know, so, so it wasn't, you know, it, it might've been your first real ice rescue like that, but it wasn't your first, uh, you know, high stress situation where, you know, for some people, they can have all the training in the world, but but when it's go time, they just can't do it. I I, I think to myself, um, I, I I'm I'm actually on the volunteer firefighter fire department here in my town, and uh, one of the guys was telling us a story. Um, he he was in a campground, and the the very next camper right over to him was two nurses, and one of their kids started choking. I mean, these are two ladies that you know are are very smart when it comes to medical. And both of them froze when it came time to start doing the Heimlich, and Dan ended up having to run over there. And you know, some some people are just gamers, and some people aren't. And and uh, you know, but that wasn't your first situation in in a situation like that. Correct. And and I don't know where I heard this saying, but I heard it years ago. And I've told people, and usually I can't tell it until it's after the fact. But the 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 thing is. We didn't create this situation. We're here to help it. Yep. yep. So, um, and I think I think that goes a long ways. 
I really do. Well, yeah, you know, you get into a situation like that, and and uh, you, you know, yeah, I guess like you say, you're you're not the one that uh, um, you've got nothing to lose. You you've got everything to gain just by helping. So correct, correct. Yep. So um, yeah, once we got James out, uh, it almost, in hindsight, retrospect, it almost got comical because. You know, the, we knew the first thing to do was get the clothes off him. Now, time out, time out. Back up one second. Were you the one that was throwing the rope? I was, I threw the rope the last time, yes. Okay, okay. So, so and somebody else had thrown it the first, what was it, four times? I think Brent was originally the one throwing it. Okay, okay. So, you threw it the last time, the one that actually ended up getting him. I think so. And and that um, had to have felt and, like it was taking 25 minutes. I mean, you know, I, I mean, forever. I mean, everyone's doing their best. And, you know, I mean, right. it, it was yeah. windy. You can hear the wind in that video. Yep. And, and yep. it's just like, man, you you had a lot of stuff stacked up against you. It seemed, it seemed like it was never going to happen. Yep. And, and then again, you you know, could we have walked around and got closer? We don't, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But, um, there again, I think probably the two most proactive were Brent and I, but I think that's because of what we've been through. Yep. Yeah. Um, you're, you don't have time to sit back and, you know, you have to ask. You can't react. Yep. So. And now, and um, then one of you guys had actually yelled at him to wrap his arm around the the strap because you, could, because you knew that he was not going to have the strength to, to possibly hang on so so yeah. wrap that bugger around and and hope like hell that it holds yeah and i believe that was brent that yelled that very yeah. smart very yeah. smart because i think somebody actually told him to put it around his neck which I, i'm just sure they meant around his shoulder right but there yeah. was just there's just a small loop like he'd put over a, a ball hitch yep. oh yeah so it made that i mean that was the smartest thing somebody could have told him to do Yep. You know, yep. wrap it around your arm several times and, and hang on, because here we go. Yep. And then, uh, so, in that sequence, you know, dragging him out, and then he actually went, if you watch, he kind of disappears. Yep. Yes. He went under <laughs> he, goes, he goes under a sheet of ice. Because you guys had somebody that tripped, and then and then your momentum <laughs> kind of stopped, and then, and then you got him going again. Right. Oh, my dog's crazy. Well, that's good. He just wants to be on a podcast. <laughs> he doesn't want to like it when I talk to people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and there again, you know, we watch we watch James go under, and it's like, all right, have we lost hold of him? Right, oh, right, you know, right. What, at that point, so, right. So there, there sets in the panic again. It's like just keep going, guys. Just keep going. Yep. But uh, yeah, once we got him drug out, it was almost. Like I said, as as, he, as I sit here and and play that all over in my head, and knowing exact, I mean, I can I can picture details. I know that he had black gloves on. I know he had a black zippered hoodie on. I know he had an orange long sleeve T-shirt under that. Those details just don't go away. No, they don't. And the struggle was getting the gloves on first, <laughs> and then. I, I talked to James after he, he said, I knew you couldn't get him off, 
I knew it was Velcroed around my wrist. I couldn't tell you that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, and I remember, I remember getting the sweatshirt off and yanking the shirt over his head, and I, I'm 100% sure it was Randy Minaway took off his big ice armor jacket and wrapped it around him. So and, uh, when when you get him out, I mean, do, does he look? I mean, is he is he blue? Is he purple? Is he just kind of normal? I mean, do you think like, man, we got him out, but he's still a goner? Or, or I mean, are you, are you feeling good at this point? No, I I felt good. He was very pale. Okay. And his lips were almost colorless. So I knew our our time had almost passed. Yeah. And uh, um, I think it was then um, Jamie Curley. We got him over to Jamie Curley side by side. And Jamie pulled him in, but he couldn't bend his legs. So he couldn't actually get in the side by side. And I know that uh, Randy Minaway jumped up and on the floorboard and held on and just pinned him in there, basically. Huh. And off they went. And so was there an ambulance waiting already at the, uh, at the ramp or, or, I mean, do you get them back to the ramp and it's like, Oh boy, come on boys. Come on. No, no, no. They were, there was fire trucks. There was ambulances. There were DNR. There were cops already there. Already. Well, yeah. Yeah. By the time we got, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak ill of any of those agencies. But none of them came out on the ice, <laughs> which I thought was odd. Right. But, you know, I guess if we got to take them to you, that's so be it. And they probably have their policies and reasons. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to speak illy of any of them because I support all of them. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, but you know, really, truly, we, that is, it is pretty incredible because, I mean, you know, there at, at Triboji, you're at the far northwest corner of of Lake Okoboji, and, you know, I, I don't know what would have been the responding department, but, you know, Milford is, is you know, boy, that's miles, miles down the lake. Uh, Arnold's Park is miles down the lake. Spirit Lake would maybe possibly be the closest. Um, I would assume almost it would have to be Spirit Lake. Wouldn't, they are the closest, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose like just it. just buzz straight west on the highway there and, and then cut yeah. down. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, no matter what, by the time that you would page and they'd get to the to the station and, and get flying over there, you know, I mean, that's, it's it's a few miles. and uh, It is. And, and, you know, now that you mention that, um, we had Jim out of the water, and then you hear somebody in the in the background say, "Somebody needs to call EMS." Oh yeah, that's right. So if they if that was the initial call to EMS, they got there pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. When and I believe it was Teddy Doden that that actually one, you know one of them one that of them called nine one one. You know, I suppose yeah. there might have been multiple, but uh, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows for sure? I, you know, I guess I don't know if they're allowed to go out on the ice or if they're not. Uh, That's um, what I said. I'm, yep. I'm sure they they have their policies and and there's a reason for them. Right, right. So, but I know I've also been told to never endanger life to save but save somebody else's. Yep, 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 yep. That's, That's easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It yep. really is. Yep. It is. 
So yeah, you're not going to sit there and just watch something go down. Nope. Nope. Um, and and so then you you guys bring him back to the ramp. You load him up in the ambulance, and he goes driving away. And I suppose at that point you kind of look at each other and say, "What the heck just <laughs> happened?" Right. Yeah. Um, actually, the first words out of my mouth was, "I think we're done for tonight, boys." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we packed up and went back, and then. I happened to be either either I saw it might have been Curley, Jamie Curley that said um, something about um, cables must have posted something about it. Yep. And I believe they posted the video within a couple hours. Yeah, they uh, had that up pretty fast. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I think I went got on Facebook and went to the cable site and james commented that he was one of them and i was like holy cow is he's out of the hospital already like, yeah are no you serious old boy right. went home that night yeah that was crazy when he <laughs> yeah. told us that that he still like we figured they'd have to keep him like overnight at least for some observation at just least make, i mean <laughs> right. just to make yeah. sure we everything's were, all right yeah we were shocked and so i reached out to him on facebook i, I messaged him and uh, he replied right back, and the next thing I know, he said, can I call you? And I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he did, and I think we, that first night, I think we talked about 20 minutes. And if you haven't gathered, James is a very emotional guy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, his heart is on his sleeve. Yep. And uh, he, he said, I, we would like to meet you guys. We would like to thank you in person. I said, I think I can make that happen. And we did. Yep. And it was emotional for all of us. It definitely is. I think it's, I think it's good when like, things like that happen, like those reunions in a situation like this. It can kind of bring a little bit of closure or, you know, like... I mean, a little positivity to the whole situation, too. Like when you get to meet under good terms instead of right you know right. I, th I think it humanizes everyone yes you know yes. I, I think you know you well, you, you guys kind of... go ahead well i was just gonna say you know you guys were doing a job that day you know you 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 weren't you weren't focused on whether it was james or whether it was john or whether it was you know wh whoever i mean you knew you had to get somebody out of out of the ice and whatever but but for you to get to go out to eat with him and, and, you know, sit down and understand that he has a family and, and a career and, and everything, you know, and, 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 you know, Absolutely. I mean that, that he's a real, you know, that he's a real person because when, you know, when things like that happen and adrenaline's going, you're, you're not thinking about, you know, wh who, who this guy is. What's it's, this it's guy's story? exactly. And, and, you know, but, yeah. but, but just the same for him. I mean, he, he wants to know that out, out of you guys, you know, that, that you know, you guys yeah. saved his life and, and whatever. And, and, I mean, the way James I, – I, I actually text message with James a lot, and I know how highly he thinks of, of all of you guys. But, uh, you know, I, I think for every single one of you guys, you all made some new friends. Oh, absolutely. In fact, he called me this morning. He said, I heard you're up tonight. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. You sorry son of a gun. We, <laughs> yeah. 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 we we actually talked fairly often. 
Yep. No. And uh, he, like I said, he called me this morning, and when I saw who it was, and I answered, I said, "What's up, little brother?" <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And, and, and we both said we have a bond that can't be broken. No. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So, yep. and I'm thankful for that. No doubt. No doubt. Nope, there's not too many people in the world that can say, you know, yeah, how, how'd you meet your buddy? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, it's kind of a long, cold story. Yeah. Go, yeah. Check, go check out two, episode 251 and 253 of the Midwest Angler yeah. Podcast. You, I mean, you guys, I guess you could kind of lay claim to fame that you, you probably caught the biggest thing that winter out of, <laughs> out of Okaboji, I mean. Oh, I got a, I got a little, another little side note from James that, that we found out like the day that they went out and and uh, pulled the side by side out of the water. Um, I think both Jim and James were there when they did that, which I would think would be hard to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. it would be. Yep. But he said, um, so in the video, the only thing you really see floating is this black metal box that Jim had built for that side by side, and. Honestly, that's the only thing that kept that afloat. It was full of air. So when they pulled that thing back up, um, they opened that up to let the water out, and James said they let all of our fish go. (laughs) (laughs) Those sons of... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what made you even think of could at least left the fish in there. <laughs> they were all alive, and they turned them all loose. <laughs> After what we went through. And then they dumped out our wax worms. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's man. good stuff. So, so the good thing is we at least get to see a little bit of humor. Yep. Well, yeah, you got to. I mean, yeah, it helps us deal with deal with a lot of things. But like you said, it's, it's all the emotions in one. Right. Yep. Right. No, pretty, pretty wild, no doubt about it. Um, and we, and we do thank you for hopping on and telling you know that side of the story. It's really interesting hearing you know James's side of the story, but then you know to hear yours too, uh, um, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of brings them both together. Yeah, uh, kind of does. Um, with that being said, though, before we let you go, uh, you got a good Thane story. Well, I got it. I- this is the first thing that popped into my head. So when, so when Thane was very, very young, um, it was not uncommon for me to go over and pick him up and we would go do something. And he was maybe five or maybe six. Okay. And so I, I went over and went to pick him up and my sister asked us where we were going. And he turned around, looked at his mother and said, well, we're going to pick up chicks and broads. <laughs> <laughs> Where that came from is beyond me. <laughs> so Thane hasn't changed. He's been say, like that forever. That's Does it sound kind of vaguely familiar? <laughs> yeah, I can just hear him saying it, too. Yeah, I believe that yep. that would be him. Yep, in, yeah. this, in this little voice. Awesome. Yeah. Mom, it was, it's so obvious what we're doing. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a classic. all right rob uh well like i said uh we we definitely appreciate you uh taking a half hour out of your evening and and hopping on the show um 
I, I still can't believe, uh, you know, that, uh, such, such a small world here that, you know, the, the dude that ends up pulling out, uh, you know, one of our guests out of, out of the ice ends up being another guest's uncle. And now, you know, now, now you're a guest on the show. Uh, uh, pretty, pretty freaking cool that it all came together like that. But, uh, um, like I said, I, I know, uh, you know, for some people, things like this aren't, aren't easy to talk about, but, uh, you know, especially now with deteriorating ice conditions and, and everything else, uh, uh, I think it's important to get these stories out there and, and may, maybe make people think twice, you know, maybe make people think about uh, throwing a throw rope in their, in the bottom of their tub when they're going out there and, and just being a little extra careful, not like Matt said, not only for, for you yourself, but uh, um, if you end up in you guys' position where you're out there uh, enjoying an evening of fishing and, and uh, you know, it, it's somebody else that you have to rescue. Right. Uh, I- and that's what I've told James, and I've told Bain this too. I don't care. I don't care what brand you use. I preach float suits, and I preach throw ropes. Yep. yep. And each one of us in that group now has a, a throw rope. Sometimes we have multiple throw ropes on site, yep. and we hope we never have to use them. Yep. That's exactly right. We actually went out fishing yesterday afternoon, and and when we got out onto the ice, you know, it, it, I I felt pretty comfortable, but you just never know. Uh, I told everyone in here, you know, hey guys, back in my sled, there's a blue bucket inside of it is a, is an orange throw rope, 75 footer. Um, you know, just let everyone, everyone out there know that, uh, hey, we've got one. This is where it's at. So when stuff heads south, uh, if, if it's me, that's bobbing, bobbing in the water. I, I don't have to try to tell them where it's at when I'm in the water. Everyone already knows. That's a fact. Yep. So, all right, Rob. Uh, well, like I said, we appreciate it, and uh, hopefully you have uh, hopefully you have a couple more times that you're able to get out on the ice this year. All right, you guys too. Thanks for having me. Thanks. You bet. Later. And that was Rob Heipel, uh, one of the members of the James Van Veltizen uh, Ice Rescue Crew. Yeah, uh, just what a crazy story. Like you were talking, you know, being a first responder sometimes that helps keep you calm yep you know you kind of been through the been through it before you know what to expect i mean all that training that you do uh like he like you both said about you know making sure that uh everybody is safe on a rescue situation like you can't put yourself into harm's way too like he said you know could have they went around to the other side you don't know that you go over there and pretty soon it becomes a rescue mission for, you know, three or four guys instead of just, yep. you know, trying to get one or two guys out of the water. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's always easy to sit back in the cheap seats and, uh, you know, tell people how they should have done it. I, I don't, you know, obviously sitting there watching a video, uh, uh, I'm going to assume that they got to the spot where they thought that they could get the closest. Um, you know, that's just, uh, just is what it is. And, uh, um, but I, but I definitely do think that there is something uh, to that, you know, that they were able to stay calm because they had been in, you know, high pressure situations like that where they knew, you know, uh, life was potentially on the line and, and uh, you know, whatever else comes along with uh, comes along with that type of wild stuff. Right. But, and I, you know, I give those guys so much credit too because. You know how you know how it goes. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording about you get a bunch of people out there with different mindsets, egos, you know, mentalities, and uh, 
strangers for the most part, most yep. of them, and you're trying to go on a rescue mission here, and uh, a lot of people might think we should do it this way, we should do it that way, and pretty soon it becomes kind of a argument or something like that. Everybody's not working together for the greater cause. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's where that training comes in, really comes into play. Because, I mean, now that you've been on the fire department long enough, you've probably been at a couple calls too where it's like it, it's pretty it's pretty wild stuff there's a lot of things going on oh yeah but you know you got the guys that you know you're gonna like you have to and, yep. and that you listen to because yep. you know they're the experienced guys and stuff it's not a bunch of people running around second guessing each other it's like all right this is what we got to do let's get it done and, yep. and that's what those guys did well, you, you get into a situation like that, and there's 12 different ways to do it. And you right, know right. what? All 12 might be right. Exactly. But everyone's got to be on the same page. And, and that's yep. where, you know, obviously there's an incident command, uh, you know, a, a person that's going to be calling the shots. And, you know, it, it comes down to, uh, you know, even even if you feel like there might be a better way, uh, you know, if, if, if everyone else is on, on a different program, well, you you... you you're, you're working in reverse if uh, if if you think you're going to do something different. Everyone's got to be on the same program. Uh, you know, like I said, twelve different ways to do it. All of them can be right, but uh, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Uh, yeah. Glad that they were able to keep their composure, get James out, and uh, um, able and able to like meet up. No doubt about it. I think like we said that closure part of it. I mean, not closure. I mean, it's actually you know what? It's almost like an a door opening because like now you have these friendships now you guys yep. they're all bonded together for a reason now it, it's just it's just pretty wild yep you know and, and james talked a lot about uh you know how he was dealing personally with the uh um you know the trauma of uh of that whole entire situation and you know one of the things that i think everyone can often overlook is you know James isn't necessarily the only person that's dealing with trauma from that day, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the guys like Rob and, and everything else, uh, you know, when, when, <laughs> when things get wild like that, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people probably laid in bed that night and, uh, didn't exactly fall right, right to sleep, you know, had, a, had a lot to think about. Oh, and, uh, I mean, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, I think the silver lining of the whole entire deal is, is, you know, James is here. James is doing podcasts. James is telling yeah. his story. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's the best part about the whole deal. Oh, that, that is for sure the best part of it all. Yep. So, all right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to bring up this week. Um, golly, I feel like there was maybe something else. Um, yeah. Yep, I got uh, I got the walleye DA box sent out uh, last week. Um, Dalton Cook should be getting that. And uh, today I reached out to Andy Harrington, I believe was his name. And uh, uh, I had reached out to him last week, and I had never heard back, never heard back, never heard back. And uh, so today I, I messaged him and, you know, was kind of going to uh, just say, hey, Andy, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you one more chance, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, otherwise, you know, I was thinking maybe I would, uh, you know, potentially reach out to somebody else or, you know, pick a new winner, whatever. And, uh, yeah, he, he ended up messaging me back today and said, Hey, I don't know how, but I, I missed that first message. Uh, you know, awesome. I never win anything, uh, living out there in Michigan, uh, says he loves the show. And, uh, the other really cool part about that was, uh, 
I looked up the town that, uh, that he lives in and, uh, I've got a new guy that, uh, just started with me about four or five months ago, uh, uh, working up at LVO. And, uh, this dude's like from 12 minutes away from, from the That's small crazy. town that he lives in. Again, small world. Yeah, it is. It is pretty wild. So, uh, um, yeah, but, uh, this week's good news stories brought to you by freedom brew in Larchwood, Iowa. Uh, we spent uh, Sunday with Austin. Uh, um, his wife is the top dog of Freedom Brew, but you know Austin. Austin's the prince, I would say. If, if she's the queen, he's the prince of Freedom Brew. Um, but uh, we spent Sunday afternoon with him. If you've never been over to Freedom Brew in Larchwood, Iowa, uh, you absolutely should be. And uh, they got a pretty cool deal uh, going on this uh, this year. Yeah, Day. yeah. You pulling that up right now? Uh, I can quick. Otherwise, I can too. Let's go. We're racing. Freedom Brew. Beat you. I'm right there. All right. Tell us about it, Matt. Oh, they're partnering partnering up with Details here in Rock Rabbits. I know the people that own <laughs> Details. Yeah, I think you do. To help spoil your Valentine or spoil yourself, <laughs> uh, you get a beautiful fresh flower bouquet. Designer's choice. Okay. Any 20-ounce Freedom Brew beverage. Give me a Freedom Buzz. Um, and a delicious jumbo muffin. And they have lemon blueberry or double chocolate chunk. Mm. Man, for $40 plus tax, we'll do the work for you. Pre-orders only from now until February 13th at 12 p.m. Pickup will be on the 14th from 6.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Freedom Brew. And they got a link there on their Facebook page to uh, get your orders in. Flowers, coffee, muffins, muffins. brownie points? Yeah. Or you just do it for yourself, too. I yeah. Mean, maybe you're feeling like you need a little fl- some flowers or something like that. Or, hey, maybe you just... Maybe there's a special dirt bag in your life that you just want to get something for. You know, that is an option. But I'm just telling you right now, you pull this off for that hussy, and uh, she she's going to let you go fishing that weekend. Dang right. She's going to let you go fishing. So uh, look that up. That's on the Freedom Brew website, or Freedom Brew uh, Facebook page. Um, yeah, partnering up with Details of Rock Rapids. That's actually my sister-in-law's flower shop. Pretty wild. But... Uh, yeah, give that a look. Um, my good news story is uh, yesterday I got my three-year-old slate out ice fishing for the very first time. Uh, thank God for Matt because otherwise <laughs> uh, um, it wouldn't have been ice fishing. It would have been ice standing. And uh, Matt was able to catch the only fish um, out of Lake Levon. And, if, and if you guys remember from last year, Lake Levon was the uh, – the, uh, the pond that we would go to that uh, was absolutely chalked full of fish. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those places that I like to bring young, um, you know, young ice fishermen out to, people that are brand new to ice fishing. Uh, you, we can normally go out there, catch great quality fish, catch a lot of fish. And uh, yesterday it was, it was wonky. It was it, different. It really was. It, it, it was weird. Yeah, we could mark some fish. Uh, we're not sure if they were all small. Uh, we're not sure where the big ones were. Um, yeah, I don't know. We we really kind of searched around and were just not able to uh, to find those big fish. And if we did find them, they weren't willing to eat. 
Matt caught one. I don't know, eight nine inch perch. Uh, that's being that's being generous right there. It might yeah, have been I'd, a six seven inch perch. That so. might have been, but uh, uh, whatever the case, um, at least Slate got to got to see a fish. Yeah, the got kids to, were all excited about it, so that yep. was good. I think we all were excited about it. I'm not, not gonna lie kids. to you when when you when I looked over and I saw that you had a fish, it's like, huh, thank God, yeah. <laughs> thank God, Slate needed that. I had hooked into something bigger earlier. I yep. wish I would have known what that was, but. Yeah, there was a couple people that said that they had gotten some bites. I, n- I never did get a bite. Um, I did go fishing last week on Thursday, took the day off work. Uh, me and Adam Top went over to uh, Tokoboji, and um, we had we had a really good day. We we caught a lot of bluegills, a couple random crappies, so uh, that felt good to get that one under my belt because otherwise, uh, um, had I not had that day, uh, this would have been one of those ice seasons that uh, – <laughs> Uh, come March, I'm selling my freaking live scope. I'm selling my Vexlars. I'm selling a little bit of everything and I'm saying I'm done with it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So, all right, Matt, uh, what you got? My good news story is past guests and, uh, current, um, state record smallmouth holders. That's right. Florida. You got to throw that in there. Troy Didi, uh, him and his wife welcomed a new baby boy into this world today. So big shout out to him. Uh, Leo Reed Didi. Um, just sounds like a bass catching name. He was thinking about nitro. I know he was. I know he was. Uh, but um, contract didn't didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Money wasn't right. Nitro chatterbait, DD. I just don't know. If that, <laughs> sounds. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it too. But no, big shout out to Troy and his wife for uh, the healthy little baby boy, and everybody's doing great. So that's awesome. I'm pretty sure Josh Cox is going to name uh, his his baby. Uh, I uh, believe the middle name is going to be Dropkick. <laughs> there we go. I think I might. Uh, I, I'm, I'm putting this out to Josh Cox right now. $250 cash if that middle name is Dropkick. <laughs> $250. Think about it, Josh. Uh, yep. So, it's a lot right. of diapers. That is. <laughs> Dang right it is. So, uh, all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. If you haven't, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Do whatever it is that you do on your podcast platform. But uh, that's episode 253. We'll see you next week on episode 254. Later. <laughs>